0: We are there. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Wednesday, February 16th Little Rock Water Reclamation Commission meeting is called to order. Hal Anderson will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there any objection to approving the minutes of the January 19, 2022 meeting? Hearing none, the minutes are approved. Do you have any public comment, emails or statements? There are no public comments. All right, Greg Ramon will present the compliance report.
2: All right. Well, this is our annual compliance report. As, as part of Sierra Club settlement, we comply. We compile a yearly compliance report. The report outlines the progress we have made in completing not only capital programs, uh, but as well as the maintenance efforts uh, to mitigate sanitary sewer overflows, certainly in 2021. We've been working diligently to comply with the terms of the uh, Consent Administrative Order. And since 2001, the utility has spent almost $147 million, let me back up, $447 million. Uh, and this is to renew the aging infrastructure uh, as well as to reduce uh, overflows. Um, as part of the 2021 achievements, we recently completed the hydraulic upgrade of the Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility. It went from 36 million gallons a day up to 48 million gallons a day as well as we completed the Adams Field water reclamation facility upgrade that went from 72 million gallons a day to 94 million gallons a day. And these projects will allow us to treat more flow uh, during rain events, thereby helping reduce the overall hydraulic loading uh, that's entering the collection system. Um, and obviously that will help mitigate overflows. And I, I just really wanna point out the Adams Field project included a parallel treatment uh, system that was installed. and. This project is so unique in a number of ways, and uh, we believe this project will be recognized as one of the most innovative approaches to mitigating overflows. Um, it really now is being rep- replicated throughout the United States um, because it's it's really a proven uh, effort. So I just want to say that I'm certainly proud of the work that we have done, and I'm I'm also looking forward to the completion date of the end of two thousand and twenty-three. Uh, and Chairwoman McBride, with that, I I would ask a uh, vote to accept the Sierra Club 2021 uh, report.
0: Do I hear a motion to that effect? Motion. A second. Second. Any other questions? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The motion passes. Thank you. Carrie Beth Scummel presents a recommendation of award.
3: I believe that's me. We see you. Okay. Can you all see my presentation as well? Yep. Great. Good afternoon, chairperson and commissioners. Today we are bringing uh, you three construction contracts for recommendation of award these three contracts are all a part of one project and there are three of them because each is for a different rehabilitation method for our collection system so typically different contractors perform each of the different methods of the rehab so let's just jump in here and see what that looks like as always here's our layout and a little background where we are today next steps and our requests so here's just an overview of the project areas that are that the contractors will be doing the work in these are separate sub basins and areas in our collection system that we have identified need of rehabilitation work in order to get us closer to our consent administrative order compliance so just a little background here you saw this project first back in 2020 where we brought you the recommendation to award professional services to the Trek design group. And also, of course, this project was approved in the previous and the current budget book. And as I mentioned earlier, all three of these rehab methods will help us mitigate wet weather overflows to help us get closer to compliance with our consent administrative order. Those methods of rehabilitation include the three that you see here, um, cured in place, pipe burst, and relay in place for the pipeline rehab test and seal or grouting, and the rehabilitation of our manholes. Alrighty, so getting into it here, we opened bids for all three of these contracts last month. Two bids were received for this first one, which is contract number one, the cured in place, pipe burst, and relay in place portion of the work. The low bidder, the low responsive bidder was in situform Technologies, who we have done work with before. And just as a reminder here, these contracts are on a unit price task order basis. And so what that means is our consultants perform the investigative work on the front end and issue task orders for the contractor as the work is determined to be needed. Of course, it's always a good thing when the bids come in lower than estimated. So you can see we're 5% under the engineer's estimate and this contract, as with the others that you'll see here in a minute, um, are annual contracts, renewable for two years. At this time, we do not foresee any future commission action items, but I'll pause here and field any questions if you guys have any.
0: I do not. Any other commissioners have questions?
3: All right, we can move on to the request. All righty. With that, staff is requesting that commission accept the unit prices submitted by In situform Technologies LLC conditional of course upon Arkansas Natural Resources Commission concurrence and for Commission to authorize the CEO to enter into a contract for contract one of the infiltration and inflow reduction program for sub basins 3100 3700 and the Roselawn tributary
0: all right do I hear a motion no Mayor. second. Second.
2: Second. Second.
0: Thank you. Are there any other questions? Those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you, Ms. Lipscomb.
3: Okay, we're going to get into our second one here. Next up, we have contract two, which is the test and seal or grouting portion of the work. Again, the bid opening was held last month. We had interest shown by multiple companies on this project, but only received one bidder. The low response bidder for this work was Gulf Coast Underground, who is a reputable uh, contractor. We have done work with before and actually are currently um, under contract with them and have a great working relationship with Gulf Coast. Um, Again, this contract is eligible for renewal for two years. And again, we do not anticipate any future action items required by the Commission at this time. So with that, do we have any questions on contract 2?
0: I do not. Anyone else? Why do we think we only received one bid? Who used to have this contract? Did they not bid again?
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. A lot of our contractors right now are um, are very busy. We have uh, a lot of competitive bids. Um, who had this contract at this time, John? Um, do you know who had this contract previously? Sorry,
4: you uh-huh. muted, John. Yeah, yeah, am I muted now?
3: No, we can hear you.
4: <laughs> very good. Yeah, we've uh, uh, we're currently working with Gulf Coast on this. There are other uh, contractors this this is a fairly specialized uh, contractor uh, or a, a method of construction and uh, they're they're spread out throughout the South and I can only anticipate that that the workload that we were presenting they could not match at this time. I will say that, that we've had a great working relationship I believe as Kate said and and um, the prices are in line. Yes, they have uh, elevated a bit since the last contract, but uh, we feel it's in line with what we're seeing uh, other contracts escalate at this time.
2: And uh, you know, Chairman McBride, commissioners, uh, this is really a uh, this is not only an issue here in Little Rock. Um, when I talk to my uh, my, my fellow uh, water utility leaders, um, they're experiencing the same thing. And as a matter of fact. They're, many times they're having to uh, they're having to ask folks to <laughs> to uh, to provide bids because the contractors are they're they're either very busy or they're unable to get a lot of the
1: material that they need. You know, I think I'd add to John mentioned it. This this is a specialty this is a specialty contractor and a specialty process. Um, you know, we have seen through the years whether it was secured in place pipe or whether it was pipe bursting. That while it may have started with some national firms, we actually saw some local people get into the business uh, of cured-in-place pipe and pipe bursting. But you know, this is a some type of a hydrophilic grout, and it's a pressurized system, and and it's kind of. Um, quick moving you know you cover a lot of ground in a relatively short period of time and so i think these national firms are more set up to just jump from city to city um and, and knock the work out and we've not even seen a local person um, place any interest in in getting into this so i don't think in particular on this process and this bid it's not a real surprise to us that there wasn't a whole lot of people um submit on it so i, I don't know if that helps or not but it It is a specialized process.
0: Thank you for your question, Commissioner Waldrop. Anyone else have any questions? All right, Ms. Lipscomb, I think we can move to the request.
3: Okay, great. So with that, staff is requesting that commission accept the unit prices submitted by Gulf Coast Underground and authorize the CEO to enter into a contract for contract two of the infiltration and inflow reduction program for sub basins 30, 100, 3,700 and the Roselawn tributary.
0: All right. Do I hear a motion? So moved. Second.
4: Second. Second.
0: Thank you. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye.
2: Aye. Aye.
0: Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you.
3: All righty. Last up here, we have contract three, which is our manhole rehabilitation portion of the work. We had three bidders for this portion of the contract. The low bidder was Kim Construction Company just to note Kim construction submitted competitive and comparable unit prices in their bid as is stated here and we actually currently also have a construction contract with Kim and are very pleased with their work so far and we feel confident in their abilities to perform this work on this new contract Um, once again we do not foresee any future commission action items at this time but we'll be happy to answer any questions that you all may have Any questions? Don't
0: think so. All righty.
3: Moving on into our last request here today, then staff is requesting for the commission to accept the unit prices submitted by Kim Construction Company, conditional, of course, upon Arkansas Natural Resources Commission concurrence and to authorize the CEO to enter into contract three for manhole rehabilitation of the infiltration and an inflow reduction program for subbasins 3100, 3700, and Roselawn Tributary. Do I hear a motion?
1: So moved.
0: Second. Second. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye.
4: Aye. Aye.
0: Opposed. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. The end of the consent administrative order feels so very close. No doubt. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. Patrick Grimmett will present an update on the new software implementation.
5: All right. Thank you, chairperson.
4: <clears throat>
5: I'm joining you from the uh, cab east room today. And hopefully you can see my presentation show. There we go. Oops, go back a little bit. All right. Uh, so today I have a short presentation on the software uh, suite that we implemented this past couple of years. And uh, hopefully I'll be as efficient as Carrie Beth was here and make this quick. Um, we'll. Talk about the project background, where we currently stand, uh, talk about some of the challenges we had, and hopefully answer any of the questions that you may have. So, just to refresh your memory, in uh, March of 2020, this commission approved the purchase of the finance enterprise and asset management software suite from Central Square. Uh, it, the amount was just a little bit over $1 million. Uh, we immediately began in April uh, the next month and uh, started with our kickoff calls and had numerous meetings after that. Uh, I last presented on this project in the December 2020 meeting. Uh, a little more background, this is sort of a before uh, uh, overview of our systems. Uh, Really, the the main thing we want to point out is we have four main systems, what we call eWorkflow, which is an approval system, Hansen, which was our asset management system at the time, Sage 500 was a financial system, and Sage HRMS was the HR payroll system. These systems didn't talk to each other, uh, so we had to build custom data bridges in order to get information and data out of one and into the other. Uh, Also, the uh, sort of yellow looking rectangles were some uh, isolated silos of information that really didn't talk to anything. They would you had to manually update them. Uh, There were reports that had to be pulled from uh, using other systems to get data out of these systems. So it was uh, quite cumbersome. So currently, I'm happy to report that we are live. Uh, We went into production at the uh, uh, around the end of December last year 2021. It coincided with our uh, physical year, start of our physical year. I'll say about 90% of the product is active. Uh, We're able to do the basic functions of finance, uh, AP, AR, GL accounts are working, uh, the HR, the employee information is in there. Uh, benefit assignments. Uh, in the EAM system, we're able to uh, write and complete work orders uh, out in the field on some tablets. And uh, the online mapping is working very well in the EA system, EAM system as well. Uh, we do hope to be 100% complete what we consider uh, fully implemented with what we intended to implement uh, by the end of March of this year. Uh, one of the really exciting things that EAM brings to the table was the uh, ability to assign and complete work orders on a mobile tablet. This is something we really were not able to do with the um, software that we used to have, it just it just was not mobile capable. And the finance software was strictly uh, it was a Windows program, it was not um, able to be put on a tablet as well. So as part of this project, we did to purchase and deploy over 70 iPads to the field workers. And it really gets them more connected uh, than our old software ever could. So here's some examples of uh, or this is the after, uh, kind of, you saw the before shot. This is the after shot. As you can see, a lot less systems. Uh, things are much more uh, integrated now. The finance system has project accounting, all your typical finance applications of AP and AR, procurement, purchase orders, purchase requisitions. The HR system is, is in the finance system now. The workflows are integrated into the finance system. Um, we can do the, the comprehensive annual financial report out of it. Uh, the reports come out of it, data visualiz- visualization is in there. On the EAM side, uh, we have our engineering project management. And as I alluded, it fully integrates with our GIS mapping system and it integrates very well with our CCTV. Uh, and you can see the tight integration that we have across there. We really were the first uh, customer of theirs to purchase both products as an integrated piece. We, we kind of viewed them as, as a single purchase, even though they are uh, two separate products. Um, the one yellow box we have down there, that's one of the pieces that have yet is to be completed and uh, we hope that will be done by the end of March. So here's some examples of uh, some screenshots from the tablets. Um, on the left hand side, you can see some of the dashboards for our various functional groups and departments with their work orders listed. Uh, next, you'll see an individual work order that again can be completed out in the field. They can assign material to it. They can assign personnel to it and complete it out in the field. Um, In the middle, we have some of our mapping uh, shown. Um, I searched for 11 Clearwater Drive, and it pulled up our administration building, and you can see some of the sewer lines coming off of that. And if you highlight one of those, it'll give you some details there on the right, pipe type, pipe length, uh, some of the history of the work orders. Let me see if I can move this over a little bit. Um, in the upper right you can see uh, what we call our physical assets. So we were not only do we have our collection system assets in the system, we have our physical assets as well. I put a, a little plug in for our asset manager um, Wade Ash. He worked really hard in getting these into the system. There's over 5,000 what we call physical assets or vertical assets, pumps, motors, bar screens, buildings, grounds, fences, uh, you name it, uh, they're now in the system. Focus on this. And here's a screenshot of uh, some of the screens from the finance enterprise system. Uh, You have the different dashboards on the left for our different functional groups. You can see that we can complete our tasks as we are assigned. This is a purchase request task. You can assign, uh, complete the task right in the system. You don't have to go to a separate system like we had before. Um, I also have a budget comparative summary report on the screen. Uh, It's great because you can drill down into the different accounts and even get down to the transactional level, and I've, I've got a screenshot of that as well. In the lower right is a project accounting report. So it, again, this stuff is all real time. You don't, we don't have to wait for a month end and then for the finance department to, to, to produce the report. This is all real time as it is encumbered uh, by purchase request. We also have some widgets that we can throw on the screen for some quick data visualization. Uh, and that's, I've got a screenshot of one of those as well. So I, I wanted to briefly talk about some of the challenges we had. Um, if you remember, we started this back in March of 2020 and see what happened then. Uh, oh, COVID. COVID happened right about then. Um, when I last presented to the commission, I really kind of felt that it wasn't a hint the, the virtual meetings really weren't a hindrance. I, I want to back off that slightly. I, I think we probably could have benefited from some in person meetings. I mean, you can talk about uh, your process and you can draw a flowchart of how it goes from A to Z. But I think um, having a, uh, someone on sites actually seeing the pile of papers or what we have to go through to complete a certain process probably would have been helpful but it, it is what it is, and we, we've gotten past it, and we're, you know, the main takeaway is we're, al- we're alive, it, it's working well. Um, as you may have experienced in the private sector, uh, the workforce has changed dramatically. Um, you know, they, they, some of the challenges that we have overcome is we had four different central square project managers uh, over the course of the, the last two years. Um, two HR consultants and even our internal staff, you know, we went through uh, three different HR managers and our uh, payroll clerk left about three months before we went live. That was, that was exciting <laughs> to say the least. But, you know, really it was uh, the consultant time that we needed with the uh, software company It was it was tight. They were experiencing the same things that we were experiencing. People were leaving, people were getting promoted. So it was quite a challenge, and I think we've done very well. But we're going to spend the next year really making the system more reliable and efficient. uh, Learning some of the new things that we haven't done yet, such as uh, end of month, which we're having a little problem with. With that, Uh, so you're you're. Uh, January report might be a little lacking, as uh, Mr. Rota will explain. But so some of these one-time things that we're doing right now, we're uh, still working out the bugs. So our observations really at the end of the day, our, our conclusion is, well, we do still feel very good about our choice of software vendors and their product. Uh, we don't have any kind of buyer's remorse uh, we, we think we chose well, we think we have a very good product. Uh, we do know that we have a little more work left to do, uh, but we're up to the challenge. We've we've got it, uh, you know, down to the goal line and we're ready to push it across. Really just kind of wanted to thank the committee and the staff for providing the resources of the money and the time to accomplish this, uh, and, and we really do appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much, Commission. I am happy to report that we're about $130,000 under budget. No, that's not my fault. <laughs> it's mainly because Central Square couldn't travel, uh, and we couldn't host vendors, so that that's the main reason why we're under budget. Um, too many people to thank, but but really, I wanted to mention B.J. Harrison, Mike Rule, Wade Ash, and Mark Drew because they were really the ones leading the individual uh, projects, uh, finance enterprise and enterprise asset management. So at this time I'll entertain any questions.
0: Thank you. I don't have any except just to make sure any of the challenges that you experience, you're not seeing any issues with the implementation
5: since then, right? We're all all good. We we consider it fully implemented. Uh, We do have a couple little outstanding things that we need to get finished and really it was just due to uh, lack of consultant time, uh, mostly. Um, The HR items that were missing, you know, again, we kind of went through Three different HR managers and that certainly contributed to the delay of of those projects but we've got a a good HR manager now and she's fully up to speed and we're like I said we're going to push it across the line here Uh, but uh, we love the system we see the advantages to it and we think we really accomplished all of the goals that we set out
0: fantastic thank you any (laughs) other questions is there any way to measure, even if it's not you know specifically quantifiable, how much we've saved in the name of efficiency?
5: I'd have to think about
2: that one. But I think uh, this so, is might
5: um,
4: it. I think so, over Commissioner time- Waldrup,
2: let me let, let me let me add that uh, the really good thing about a product like this is now that we have it installed. You know, I think Patrick is the the fun part is going to begin where where we've got people already coming to him to want to make changes based on what they see as more efficient ways to do things, and and I think the the really cool thing about the program is that he's able to help us do those things. So it that it, that's always a really hard thing to do whenever you implement a a, a software program. The hope is that you don't do the same thing you did before because you've got a brand new program that should be able to do a whole bunch more, a whole bunch more things. Uh, but, but Patrick, I, I I'll, I'll let, I'm sorry, I'll let you talk, but, but I, there, there's tremendous opportunity for us.
5: There is, and really looking at the sort of the before shot versus the after shot, uh, I think you can see the advantages to having these integrated systems and, uh, like I mentioned, we were sort of the first customer that considered it uh, a single package. Excuse me. Some of these um, integrations between FE and EAM were really, at our instruction, we sort of uh, were the ones to say, well, this is how we want it to work kind of deal. So it, it really helped quite a bit.
4: I'd like to add a couple things, Um, if I could. One, Patrick didn't. uh, You know, he played a big role. He was captain of the ship, and and he got the thing over the goal line. We, we pushed the 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 go live date two times uh, for good reason, and we, you know, we made the third one, which you know we were gonna we were gonna do come heck or high water, because you lose all confidence in team's ability to think you're ever gonna get there if you keep pushing the date. But I will say, when it comes to efficiencies, that um, they are hard to measure, Commissioner Waldrip, um, but I think we're starting to get a handle on on where we're seeing them. I think Patrick talked about all the in additional information that is now in in the asset management system. So when people are out there working on a piece of equipment, they've got much more information at their fingertips than they had in the past. I heard an example earlier this week. We all heard an example where uh, Harold's crew was using the mobility features to to take pictures, attach them to the file, you know, put them in the system when where they're performing work so that there's really good documentation on what the problems were and what the fixes were. They're using the FaceTime features to to talk with with folks and and show them what they're seeing in the field and and getting the, um, you know, advice or consultation that they they may get. And obviously, that's going to be a lot more accurate when when a picture is is right there. So Those are really gonna be hard to measure, but we are starting to get a handle on, on just how many there are by the, just having the mobility function alone, as well as all the information integrated in it, in our fingertips.
5: Um, Just the payroll function, Mike, you might could speak to that. I mean, it used to be about a one person, four day process, and I think we've got it down to a one person, two day process with, and we think we'll even get it down lower than that.
4: Just yeah, that's a good point. Uh, payroll system. every other week would take the better part of one person uh, yeah. to process our payroll, and and now you know, and and that's a person who was doing our payroll for over fifteen mm-hmm. years, and now we've got a person who just picked it up, who's kind of helped us get over the bridge of of, of that loss, and they're able to get payroll done in this system in less than two days, and. We're still ironing out some kinks in the implementation on payroll. We ultimately think we'll be able to get payroll processing down to a matter of hours every two weeks. So that's a huge efficiency for our organization. And as a result, we haven't filled that that vacant position. The payroll coordinator position will either be repurposed or something else will be done with it, because we don't need a full time payroll person anymore.
5: Just having the, the reporting in the same system has been a time saver um like I said in in the older system we had to wait a month before we could see what our budget comparatives were whereas now they're they're real time and they're on the same dashboard uh, I don't have to go to a separate system to view that so c- quite a few efficiencies
0: yeah well it certainly seems like it's a lot more streamlined but um you know I'm glad that this can be a continued working progress that we can uh, continue to edit as we see fit and just so no one gets confused. This is my niece. She's not mine. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Say, is that a future yeah. commissioner? I'm always <laughs> looking.
0: <laughs> we have any other questions for Mr. Grimmett. Okay.
5: Thank you.
0: Okay.
2: Just a comment that having been through going from legacy systems to um, best of class
4: integrated systems back to an ERP system. I know that
5: that is a huge lift so appreciate the effort and well done.
2: Thank you sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you Commissioner. We've got Greg Ramone, are you ready to present an update on the Gaines Street Pipeline
2: emergency? Yes, I am. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure that the that the commission understood that uh, in 2011, you uh, gave us permission to move forward uh, with an emergency declaration to replace approximately 30 feet of 30 inch pipe. Uh, it's about 20 foot deep uh, and it's under the Entergy North Gain Street substation that is in extremely poor condition. Um, and, and I really want to ask um, Hal Anderson to to go through a timeline to explain not only um, what we've done so far and, and and the time periods, all these things occurred. And and I, I want to give you sort of perspective of, of what's happened so far. And there's obviously I, I bring this to you because I'm, I'm a little uh, disappointed that we haven't gotten we haven't gotten further than where we're at.
1: you there Hal? i am now Um, thanks greg um next slide if we could so what i wanted to start off with just just to recap because i know we work with these things every day and i know it's been a couple of months since we've talked with you about it but just to give you an idea again of where we are um, and some of the challenges that's involved here you can see the little rock um, city hall there in the bottom right the the new Broadway Bridge and access ramps to it, um, just to the immediate east. Um, David's law firm there to the west, and the Arkansas River um, very close by to the north. And the Arkansas River Trail is actually ble- between a substation um, and the river. So, next slide, please. This is just a blow up of the the previous slide, but what I wanted to show um, of the most importance here is um, the existing line, it's a 30 inch diameter line, is shown in yellow, and you can see um, the close proximity off this aerial to the, um, the energized parts of the substation. And if you see to the right, it's kind of hard to make out, but that square looking box is actually the foundation for one of those large transmission towers that carries the utility lines across the Arkansas River. So the point of this is that um, it's virtually impossible for us to reconstruct or relay this pipeline in its existing location, which is shown in yellow. So some months back, we, we met with, um, with our consultants to, to develop a layout. Um, the layout is what we see here in blue, the final layout. Um, Arcadis was the consultant they met numerous times with representatives from Entergy, the highway department and various others. Um, and it was, I guess, agreed to by all that, that the route shown in blue was the most feasible route um, and the most or the least disruptive route of the choices that we had. So I, I apologize in advance. I probably shouldn't do that, but it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty detailed timeline. I think um, I think we want to, in the update, not only show you where we are today, but kind of itemize out what we've been through to get here. So next slide, please. I have to start by saying that, um, You know, it's a very positive thing that we're even talking about this at at 4.30 in the afternoon instead of 4.30 in the morning at some point. Um, If it wasn't for the large diameter inspection program that we started some years back, we would have never found this problem um, at the point that it is at to where we are able to approach it, even with some of the um, challenges that I'm fixing to talk about. Um, the ability to approach those challenges now versus in an emergency with um, wastewater spilling down the streets of Little Rock would be totally different. So uh, I have to start with a positive note. So in February of 2019, with our initial pipeline inspection and our large diameter program, was when we first inspected this um, this line. It was deemed or scored, so to speak, during the process as a expedited priority. And in our world, that meant that they uh, felt like it had a, at least a three years useful life remaining. Um, we had an emergency category that was worse than that. And then this was the next one, which was listed as expedited priority. So in September of 2021, some almost two years later, we were doing the uh, rehabilitation work at the airport. If you remember, uh, we did some large diameter secured in place lining at the airport. The, the contractor that was doing that work was set up to televise large diameter pipelines. So we asked them to come back in September and reinspect this section of pipeline beneath the, the substation because we knew that it was one that was um, we needed to keep an eye on. So when they did that inspection, they found, um, a significant defect, actually a hole in the bottom of the pipe, And that's what triggered us to move this, um, to a more emergency type, um, situation. So, um, some couple of weeks later, three weeks later, um, we had an initial meeting with Entergy during that three weeks. Um, we had already been working on a potential design for this from when we found the problem back in 2019, but it all kind of came to a head rather quickly when we found the second um, problem with the reinspection. So our 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 consultant Arcadis was meeting um, with Entergy representatives on the site, looking at all those different options that I talked about, um, and we developed the the drawing that I, I showed you a minute ago. We had an initial meeting with the Entergy um, several members from Entergy, where we described, you know, what everybody laughs at me about. We we said, what do we need to do? Why do we need to do it? And, and why do we need to do it now? And we went through those three things with the energy folks um, explaining the, the importance of it. And then at that time, we asked them, number one, we're going to need an easement for the new line. We're going to need you to relocate your fence um, because the relocated line was, in, was still on their property, but it was inside their fence. And um, we're going to have some local power poles that we're going to need to be um, relocated. One week later, from October 13th, we came before this commission, asked you to declare an emergency to basically waive the standard bidding requirements. Um, In our opinion, that saved us some three to six months. We didn't have to put together nearly as detailed set of drawings. Um, We were able to, uh, you know, not go through the standard 30 day advertisement process and then go through the typical of uh, contract award thing. So I think that was a very important step given the, given what we found with the, um, with the inspection. So you can see within nine days, we actually executed a, an agreement with a contractor. It's a, um, so to speak a cost plus um, type contract, where we're paying them an agreed upon um, markup on his submitted and documented materials and labor. Um, It allowed him to immediately order the pipe. This is 54 inch diameter PVC pipe. Uh, This is not a good time to be trying to find large diameter PVC pipe. So the sooner we can get that ordered, the better. And there were some large diameter manholes that were non-typical that were needing to be ordered. So again, you can see from um, you declaring the emergency on the 20th, by the 29th, we're ordering materials. Mid-November, Intergy responded to us from the request of easements that was made in the initial October 13th uh, meeting as is typical, there were some specific requirements they had in the language of the easement. Um, So mid, mid November, early December, um, LRWRA mostly Gene and our legal group um, and and some consultants were back and forth and, and somewhat, unsuccessfully unable to um, negotiate the easement with energy because of some of those specific requirements. Next slide. Good news on November 24th. So the the um, easement negotiations and all were going on with the legal legal group, our team, the engineering team was still working with the energy field folks. Um, They relocated the substation fence. That way they still had a secure facility and it opened up the area that we needed to work. Um, They also started the relocation of their power poles um, on December 14th. Um, Mid-December, after realizing that we were going to be unable to um, reach an agreement on the language within the easement, um, and given the fact that we were in a situation where um, we needed to continue, Greg drafted a letter and and sent it to the um, Intergy CEO, basically outlining that we were in an emergency um, situation and that we plan to proceed um, across the property with or without an easement. Um, Mid late December, we got contacted back by Intergy's um, counsel, and he mentioned the option of, well, since we're having trouble negotiating and agreeing to the language of the easement, would you consider purchasing the property? It's a narrow strip of property. We needed about um, 26 feet wide plus or minus by about 300 feet. So it wasn't a lot of property. Um, Seemed like a reasonable um, request and maybe a reasonable option for us to consider as a part of the um, process of buying a piece of property. Um, It has to have a clean site certificate, and one of those things is you have to have an environmental, um, I guess it's an environmental assessment done. I think that's the word I'm looking for. So part of the environmental assessment, we hired um, Harbor Environmental, a a local engineering firm in Little Rock, to do soil testing to facilitate that um, environmental assessment. At the same time, this is all going on, January 13th. Um, Our pipe arrived, um, and we issued a notice to proceed for construction. Um, Again, given the the scarcity of of materials around the country, uh, I think that was quite a feat to have had pipe delivered as early as we did, uh, with it being January 13th. Um, With the notice to proceed, the contractor then started and had given us a timeline of somewhere around six to eight months to finish the project, so that started the clock ticking on that. Um, Next slide. Uh-oh. So late January, um, we received back the results from the soils testing that was done. Um, disappointed to, to learn that there were, that the soil test received indicated that there were some contaminants um, within the soil. Um, we immediately shared those results with Intergy. Late in January, Entergy asked to evaluate the soil testing results independently. Um, We provided them the soil samples that we had taken. They were going to use their own independent consultant to uh, evaluate and and test the soils. Um, Now we're about to catch up. mid-February, Entergy correspondence to um, us regarding the, the soil results and land conveyance. You know, I don't know if we exactly understood um, the correspondence completely, but it appeared that the correspondence indicated that in their opinion, um, that the the level of contamination could be dealt with by hauling the material to a local landfill, um, and that they would consider that um, part of our responsibility. And then I guess probably the part that stung the worst was they asked for us to give them some type of a release. For anything else that might be encountered um, in the land. So, wrapping up, um, and I put this March 1st date, um, realizing it's in the future. Our contractor has been working since we gave him the notice to proceed. There was a portion of the project that was off of Entergy's site. He will um, be ready to make the turn the corner and head across the Entergy property somewhere shortly after the 1st of March. Um, and that is where all of this um, will kind of need to be settled before he can make that turn. Um, and then I guess um, at least the end of my time here, um, I would say that negotiations with the are continuing based on what we found out from their letter or correspondence from mid-March or mid-February. And now I think Greg, you want to wrap up with some comments? Yeah. Or, so
2: I, I just want to say, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly uh, disappointed that we're not, further along than we are um, certainly with the basics of getting the property necessary to put the pipeline on. Um, obviously you understand our concern. Uh, we're not going to take on a, uh, a, a a piece of property that, that has some level of contamination. We didn't put the contaminants on there. Um, we don't believe we should be responsible for removing the contaminants. All we need to do is put a pipeline in. We would be putting the pipeline in where it's at, Currently, except for there's a substation on top. So we're saying to them, hey, work with us. This is not, the, the land property is not our problem. Our ability to put the pipe where it was before is not necessarily our problem. And we've gotta find a different piece of land to put it on. As you can see the, the picture that Hal had, there's just a lot of things all over the place in that area. And so everything is very congested there. Um, so uh today I did send the uh CEO of Entergy um, a, a a letter um expressing not only my my concern uh and my frustration that, that things have not moved positively. Um, and um I, I did receive a, an email from her and um, it, it's it's encouraging. They want to continue to work on this issue with the, the property, the the, as as we know, this environmental contaminated property, um, our hope is that they do the the remediation that they need to on that property so that that property now can be either purchased or whatever we need to do to be able to get the pipeline in and and obviously uh, get rid of the old pipe that, that exists there now. Um, I'm again, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed it's taken this long and we haven't gotten there, but I, I'm encouraged by, by her email today, that uh, we're going to continue to work on it. And as a matter of fact, uh, it probably wasn't wasn't half hour after I received the email uh, that Entergy's attorney was trying to get hold of our attorney. So, but I, I just wanted to make you aware of where things are at. I it, It's a complicated project. Obviously, we're dealing with another uh, another utility as well, and we're dealing in an area that's downtown, which uh, you know you, you folks know. I've, has changed over many times and so the, who knows what what else may be on that property that we're not aware of. Is there is there any questions of how or I on this again I just wanted to, to, to brief you on where things are at.
0: I just have one if you could um, let us know what's the price difference for us how is the cost going to be different if we have to uh, for the ratepayers if we need to remove the contaminants uh, rather than
2: just lay the pipe. Yeah. Uh, Chairwoman McBride, one of the big concerns I have is we don't exactly know how much of the contaminants there are. In other words, is there, is there a hundred cubic yards? Is there a thousand cubic cubic yards or is there a hundred thousand cubic yards? And I think it would be, I don't think it would be in our best interest to purchase that land unless un, until it is, uh, it, it's remediated. So we, we are looking for Entergy to do the remediation. It's something they've done before. Uh, They do this quite often.
0: Okay. Commissioners, do you all have any other questions? All right. Thank you. We will um, look forward to getting this done quickly.
2: And I, uh, uh, Chairman McBride, commissioners, I will keep you posted on, on, on our, our progress.
6: Thank you.
0: Jane Block will present the legal update.
6: Hi, Commissioners. Well, um, that matter that you just heard has been one of the big ones that I've been working on, um, as well as um, um, spending a lot of time searching for our new environmental assessment director, uh, working with our HR manager on a range of issues. Um, and then, from a litigation update uh, standpoint, um, we have had one matter pending before the Court of Appeals, and it's it's uh, been pending for about five months. And as I reached out to the Municipal League, who was representing the utility in that matter, and I and I to see if they'd received any updates, um, the answer was no. And and so I followed up with, is it customary to wait this long for an opinion? And the response I got back is that. Um, Their last case that was pending before the Court of Appeals took 18 months to get an opinion from when they briefed it. So I'm hoping it's not 18 months, Um, but um, whatever amount of time it is, there's no detriment to the utility as we wait. Um, um, There's no um, there's there's no negative outcome to the utility. So that is my update.
2: Chairwoman McBride, uh, we also have the financials uh, with Mike Rota.
6: Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Let's back up to agenda item nine. Then Mike credit will present financials.
4: Thank you, Chairwoman McBride and Commissioners. This is a one page update. Patrick uh, commented uh, on a few of the difficulties we're having getting the books closed. We're close. We've got some out of balance situation between some of the inventory storerooms and um, our expense accounts. It's not a significant amount of money. So these financial statements, I think, are. I feel pretty good about the fact that they're materially correct. There may be a few adjustments flowing through in February. But just high level, it's a one page update. Um, Total revenue was budgeted at $5.2 million. You can see that about six lines down on the left. And we actually came in at 5.7. So we start the year off about a half a million uh, better than budget. And that is driven by the other income line, which is Four hundred and sixty thousand dollars greater than budget. That is a FEMA reimbursement for uh, the Adam Sampling Port and the Fush um, Embankment Project. We received four hundred seventy thousand dollars from FEMA in the month of January, and that's recorded as income since it's a grant. So, other than that, our build revenues were pretty much right on budget. On the expense side, operating expenses came in slightly under budget in total. Um, there will be a couple of adjustments flowing through in February as we true up some of the expense accounts, as I, as I mentioned. But I think we'll be pretty close to budget. So you know we're off to a good start. Our operating surplus is 3.2 million for the month. That's just the revenue minus the operating expenses on a budget of 2.6 million. So you know, we're we're on the upside about $600,000 on the very bottom of the page. We began the month with 58.8 million in cash. We ended the month with 64.9 million. It's probably a little overstated simply because of timing differences. We didn't cut checks for some of the larger construction contracts until early the second, the first week of February so, um, and those are the, so we had that cash in the bank at the end of the month of January, that'll, that'll come back to a more normalized amount somewhere in the 58, 59 million dollar number at the, at the end of February. So, uh, I, we expect to have a complete set of reports, uh, as we have in the past, uh, with coincident with the February close. but, um, here's a pretty good snapshot of, of how January played out.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Sure. Any questions for Mr. Rhoda? Okay, we will go back to number 11 for Mr. Ramones highlights.
2: Chairwoman McBride, um, last Friday, uh, we sponsored the annual science STEM Expo at the uh, Central High School. We had 10 of our employees that volunteered to serve as judges along with community volunteers. There were about 180 science projects in categories such as computer science, biochemistry, cellular and molecular biology. I don't think that existed when I was young by the way but but that was there. Um, obviously electrical mechanical engineering materials and bioengineering and several others. Uh, we were proud to have sponsored this event and I truly believe uh, the leaders and innovators of tomorrow or at that STEM Expo at the Central High. So we were really excited to, to be part of that. Um, also, I wanna make you aware that uh, we have uh, submitted a revision uh, to the uh, conditional use permit at the Little Momel Water Reclamation Facility. Um, and this revised permit will allow us uh, more flexibility uh, and efficiencies in operation of the plant. And, And I'm going to use the term residuals as well as sludge in the same manner. Um, And that is uh, the intent is to haul the the residuals away versus requiring them to be used uh, to be uh, piped away. Um, And just very briefly, the Little Momento Water Reclamation Facility um, treats almost 2 million gallons. uh, And through the treatment process, we end up with two things. We end up with, with really clean water. Um, seven times or more cleaner than the Arkansas River, and you know I, I, I say this once, I say it a thousand times. The fish thank us profusely for that. And the second thing we end up with is either you can call it a, a residual or you can call it a a, um, a sludge. And although it you know sludge sounds terrible, well it, it really isn't. Um, it's really more of a of a dirt-like material um, that's a result of the biological treatment. And and why is trucking it's so important for us well the current process the easiest way to look at is the current process removes everything removes the water and removes the solids and then what we do is we take the solids and put them back into the sewer system and they end up getting retreated at the adams field uh treatment facility but but not only that in order to make sure the pipeline doesn't clog or block up we have to include 40,000 gallons every single day into that pipeline to keep it flowing. So we're doing that, but, but the other component to this is that, that, that this, 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 this residual, it's very, it's a very abrasive material. And so what, what's happened is it, it goes through the pipe and causes a lot of corrosion in the pipe. And so, the, the pipe I'm referring to, it's approximately five miles long. It's 24 inches in diameter. Um, and that's what's been utilized to transport the, uh, the, the, uh, the sludge or residuals since the, the facility was started. Now that pipe was not supposed to, that, that pipe was actually supposed to be abandoned when the facility was built. Uh, but because of the conditions that were put upon the, the, the operating of the facility, we actually had to dispose of it in the pipeline and not and not haul it out. And uh, this is just not a good thing. If we have to replace that pipeline, we're looking at somewhere in the vicinity of 20 million dollars. and that's just not a good thing to do. Um, secondly, putting uh, removing the solids and then putting them back into the sewer is not something that's normally done by any utility. So we we've asked the planning commission, uh, to remove that portion from the, from, uh, the, the conditional use permit, um, it did pass the planning commission, uh, on the consent agenda. And, uh, the understanding is because the city put those requirements in, it has to go to the city directors for approval. We are expecting to, uh, to go before the city, uh, sometime in March, uh, to be able to, to, to do the the trucking and what we mean by trucking is we mean right now there would be one truck a day that would come into uh, that would come into our facilities pick up a sealed container and 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 leave it so it would go through the neighborhood in a matter of seconds and, and and be out on the on the main road and and once the facility is fully built and that may be years from now the most we would see would be up to 3 trucks that would come into the facility and, and, uh, every, every day. So, so we're not really talking about a lot, but, but I just wanted to make you aware of that. Um, also want to make you aware that there is a developer that's requesting the road leading up to the Little Maumelle water reclamation facility to be converted to a city street, uh, that developer is interested in converting, uh, some of those, some of those properties into residential lots. Um, and so that, that may be considered, uh, the, the city board may consider that item, um, in the future, but I just wanted to make you aware of that. Um, is there any questions so far? Uh, I just want to know. Mean, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Yes, sir. No, I just wanted to know, uh,
5: Mr. Ramon, what would you think our thought of what sludge would be, that would be
2: different from what you just described? I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. You said lunch?
1: No, you gave your definition of what sludge is, uh-huh. your description
2: rather, and I was like, I don't think that differed from anything that any of us thought, so, so it was very good. So, so you you saw it as a really nice, almost dirt-like material, right?
1: Exactly. That's what we that's what we thought sludge was. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, sir.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the other thing is uh, we've got an advertisement for biosolids hauling and land application. We're currently uh, acquiring and holding biosolid land application permits and working with landowners to land apply the organic residual produced by our facility. Um, this advertisement also incu- includes the procurement of those permits as well as a contractor to haul and apply the permitted uh, fields. So If you see that, that's what it's about. And uh, we've got our our, our media folks doing a lot of really cool things. And I wanted to talk about a couple of things that they're doing. Um, We had two employees that were featured on the um, Arkansas Blueprint um, issue. Uh, This publication focused on technical careers and uh, explored uh, what these careers look like in various industries. Uh, The employees featured, our employees that were featured include. A, uh, Bradley Roberts, he's one of our environmental sample techs, and Jesse Velasquez, he's one of our uh, lab technicians. Uh, in addition to, to the feature, we also had an ad um, on how you can fuel our tech, the technical careers through our organization. Um, the publication will be circulating uh, for all of 2022. We're very proud of the folks that were on, uh, on that, uh, that, that uh, issue and uh, wanted to make you aware of it. Also, um, our social media campaign for February, uh, this one will highlight some of the uh, 2021 accomplishments. Um, so for instance, we had 346 residents that were able to replace their uh, their sewers that needed repair. Um, we were able to fully replace them this year, um, as well as we, we, we did over 20,000 uh, lab tests this last year. We cleaned over 1.4 million linear feet of sewer pipe, and we acoustically inspected over 5.6 million feet of pipe. So I think it'd be, it, it's good to, uh, to, to talk about that. And then the last thing I wanna talk about as far as our social media campaign for February, um, as you know, it's Black History Month, uh, where we're highlighting Little Rock residents who have had an impact, not only to the community, our city, the state, and certainly beyond Examples include Annie Abram, social activist and community leader, Wallace Reed uh, uh, Carradine, and he's an architect responsible for spearheading uh, the uh, uh, Clinton Presidential Library, as well as the Arkansas State House Convention Center and many other projects. And then the, the last uh, uh, folks we're going to um, highlight are um, Estella uh, and Noxie Hall. And, uh, they have one of the longest, uh, standing black owned, uh, businesses, K hall and son, uh, produce. So we're, we're very excited about making sure that, uh, that we recognize those folks that have not only helped our communities, but also, um, our city and, and state. So we congratulate them. Um, also, uh, commissioners starting the, the, the new year, we think it's important to do everything we can to make sure that, that we are providing you with the most, the, the best information uh, you have to be able to make the decisions that you do. I, I have asked Jean how Mike and, and I will be uh, I will be uh, nagging you periodically uh, just to make sure that we're providing you the best information on not only our presentations, but but also uh, on what we uh, on the things that we talk about, not only at the commission but anything you feel um, that is important. So uh, from time to time, if you if you get a call from us, it's, it's just to find out how things are going. And if there's anything that you feel that we could be working on, uh, that would make uh, not only the commissions better, uh, but the work we provide uh, better. So wanted to say that. Um, and then lastly, on the highlights, on a sad note, uh, some of you may remember uh, John Jarrett. He was our chief administrative officer uh, and we learned last Friday, um, that he passed away. Uh, we don't have details about the arrangement yet. And I, I just want to say that, uh, our thoughts certainly go out, uh, to his family. Um, chairwoman McBride, those are the highlights and I'll go into the March items, unless you feel there, uh, unless there's any questions.
0: Uh, no questions. Thank you.
2: So we've got, uh, two things, uh, one, we, we. Recommendation of award, uh, this is a construction contract for, and, and you've you've seen this one before. So this is the pipe bursting relay in place, uh, infiltration and inflow program reduction. This is the uh, Rose Creek, Rebsiman, Rock Creek, and Grassy Flats area. Uh, the contract for the inflow and infiltration reduction program for Rose Creek, uh, Rebsiman, Rock Creek, and Grassy Flats basin um, began in 2019. Uh, and we had annual contracts. Uh, the construction began in 2020, um, and it was renewed in 2021. During both those years, we experienced some performance issues with the contractor, causing us not to remove uh, to renew the 2022 20, uh, contract. Um, so, um, after bidding, we recommend the con- uh, We'll we'll recommend uh, the contract for construction to begin 2022 and an option for 2024. So that'll be coming to you for approval. Also, there are two presentations that we're looking at doing. Uh, one will be for an update on where we're at with the fat, oils and grease. If you recall, we made some very structural changes to our program uh, last year and the year before last, as well as we wanna talk a little bit about the uh, our award-winning sewer line service replacement program, just to update you on, on where things are at with that. And uh, Chairman McBride, uh, commissioners, that's all I have unless you have any questions of me.
0: I don't. Thank you very much. Let us know if you send condolences to the Jarrett family.
2: we Will do. Thank you.
0: Okay. Um, and we had a link to the Sierra Club report in the, um, in the agenda we, we got. Will we receive a hard copy? or?
2: If you would like, we will get one for you. I would love one.
0: I don't know if any of the other commissioners want one, but I would like that.
2: Anyone else or everyone else? Looks like Maybe you're in. Everybody. <laughs> oh, we'll get that for you.
0: Thank you. Any other old business and new business? Our next meeting is March 16th, 2022. Is there any objection to adjourning the meeting? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you all so much for your heart.